0: Praise to you, Lord Christ, for coming, living among us, dying, and thank you for the hope we have of resurrection. Lord, would you guard our hearts and minds through the reading and preaching of your word. Amen. Please be seated. It's so good to to be here in Orlando, and my family is... All fairly settled in, even though uh, we still have some boxes and things around us. But it's Christmas time, so it kind of just blends in with the rest of the chaos, right? And uh, Happy New Year once again to y'all. I I don't know about you, but there, there seems to be culturally a collective sense of, oh my goodness, we're ready for a new year. You know, this demarcation of 2016 really did a number on people really did a number on our society uh, through a tumultuous election cycle, through just a divisiveness among uh, Americans, through worldwide catastrophes and uh, human rights crises all over the place. And, and even, even our celebrity culture. You know, I come out of Rogue One, the new Star Wars my, movie, to find out Princess Leia's dead, and then her mother dies the next day, and George Michael, and we have just all these well-known, famous people, and it just seems like, when's this going to end? And so, I think I saw this best captured in a South Carolina man. He, he created a GoFundMe page, and it was, help me save Betty White from 2016. And he was raising $2,000 to fly out, and like, keep watch over Betty White, she's a 90-something-year-old actress, you know, a little bit of a pop culture icon, to, to make sure 2016 doesn't get her too, you know? It was like, we are ready for a new year, and just something about the turning over a calendar. And I know for your community here, I mean, goodness, the pulse, um, you know, tragedy uh, still lingers and looms large in this city and in our world. and. So there's this sense of oh, a little bit of a, all right, we're ready for something new here. We're ready for different news. We're ready for a change. And maybe in your own life you're feeling that way. Like, you know, I, I'm ready to get going on this project or I want to see this aspect of my life differently or I have really big plans in this new year. And so I, th- I think it's really, um, really appropriate that we are starting out the first day of the new calendar year with the Holy Name of Jesus. It's the Holy Name, Jesus. It's a sweet, sweet word to us who who know what it means. It means the Lord saves, Yahweh saves. God saves. It is good news that is broken into our world. And it, and it came in a in a surprising fashion that we see displayed all during the Advent and Christmas season, right? In the, 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 the manger scene, you have Mary and Joseph, you know, sweetly holding this baby. And it's almost like there's this light shining on them. And it's this sweet, touching moment that we all want to capture with Hallmark cards and our own kind of... Um, you know, cards, holiday greetings cards that we send out. Uh, We want to have these moments where we say everything's well. And it's in the ordinariness of that that God is doing something spectacularly amazing and also confounding. Because this baby is called the Lord saves. He's a sign of God's promise come to fruition that his people had been aching for and yearning for for so long, and it came in a vulnerable baby, wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Well, Paul the Apostle writes to us, uh, as was just read in Galatians 4, you know, when the fullness of time had come, God sent his son. God sent his son on a mission, a mission to reclaim that which was lost to him to bring healing to that which is broken. His answer was his son, and his son was born of a woman, born fully in, the, in human flesh, just as real as you look at your own hand. He tread first century Palestine dirt, got dirt between the toes and his sandals. He, he touched people. He felt the pain of people. He lived a real experience. He entered creation and became one of us. Remember that song from the 90s, What If God Was One of Us? Just a slob what, like one of us? Just a stranger on a bus trying to make his way home? It's like, hey, that really did happen, you know? That's not just a song lyric. That, that's really true. This is a historical thing that God has done. He's broken into our midst. And he's still breaking in. And, and he broke in, Paul says, born under the law in order to redeem those who were under the law. He came to redeem, to buy back, to get back what was lost. And that's you and me. And that's everybody you know. That is our humanity, being born and made in his image. And, and so he came to redeem us from all sorts of things. He came to redeem us from our uh, self-improvement projects that we're always working on, trying to be a better me, trying, try, trying to work on my life, trying to get my things in order. Um, he also came to save us from the burden that we have that I carry around with me of trying to prove to others that I'm actually worthy of their love and care. He came to redeem us from that, to free us from that. We no longer have to be slaves to others' opinions about establishing our own reputation or establishing, you know, my best life now. He came to free us from that because, you know, God made us. He knows you inside and out. And and he knows that we are so um, so vulnerable to the messaging that we receive, whether it's messaging from the culture or especially from our own families and those that are closest to us, that we receive these ideas, of, these images of who we are and they you know, sometimes get set and concrete even at young ages. And sometimes they're, they're really bad things, right? Like you're, you're ugly, you're not good enough, uh, you know, you're a failure, um, who you are isn't enough. Fill in the blank. But sometimes it, it's it's positive messaging, you know. You, you're really smart, you're really creative, you're beautiful. Look how successful you are. What a great leader you are. And even that comes with its own set of baggage, doesn't it? A, a sense of a burden of you better, in other words, you better keep this up. Don't disappoint people because this is who you are. You have this to offer. And and so you know, because we, those things come loaded with pressure, Jesus came to redeem us even from those things, that we might be free from others' opinions of us and actually be able to soak in God's opinion of us, his ultimate opinion, because that's the truest measure of who we are. Paul goes on to say, so that we might receive adoption as children. Uh, literally, like, so that we might receive the sonship so that we might be engrafted into the riches of God's grace. You know, in first century uh, Roman culture, if a man was very wealthy and didn't have children, he, he could choose one of his servants and make them his heir. He would make them his son legally and give everything that he had to that heir. Formerly a servant who got no pay, who was mistreated, could now be elevated to the status of having what a Roman citizen could have, and, and even more. And, and that, that's, that's what Paul's saying you and I have in Christ. What we have been given is an immeasurable treasure of God's love and relationship. And of course that comes with all the goodies we talk about at church, you know, eternal life, um, you know, forgiveness of sins, peace with God being reconciled to him and to one another, our neighbors. I mean, it comes with a lot of great stuff. That's the great exchange that God has made for you and me in Jesus, that we get to exchange our failure for his victory. We exchange our selfishness, our self-centeredness, being all about me and what I want. We exchange that for Jesus' selflessness, his giving of himself on our behalf. We exchange our our really paltry, and small-minded ways of trying to control our lives and control relationships in our lives to make things work out for us. He takes those things and, and, and he gives us his own righteousness. He takes the things you and I find very fearful and anxiety-producing. He takes our griefs and, and his grace is greater than those things and he meets us in those places and, um, and he brings healing. Um, there's, there's an early church father who wrote about the incarnation, God becoming flesh, being one of us. And he says, that which God has not assumed, he has not healed. In other words, God, he, God assumed a human nature. He has brought healing to our humanity. He's renewing our humanity even now. Of course, we, we know and focus on much of the brokenness, but Paul says we have a great gift not only in, in the exchange that's been made, but because God has sent the Spirit of His Son into our hearts, crying, Abba, Father. So we no longer have to relate to God out of our insecurities, out of fear of being exposed, but actually we get to relate to Him out of, out of who He says we are, just as was read uh, from Numbers chapter 6, the Aaronic blessing, Aaron, Moses' brother, giving a blessing to the people. You know, this blessing of God's peace being upon you, God's very goodness being bestowed over his people. That's what we experience uh, each, each worship service, you know, when the, when the priest not only absolves us of sin, but also says words of blessing before we leave. God's words over us to to retune our hearts to a truer story than the one we tend to carry around with ourselves, that we need to muster up enough courage for the next day. His holy name, Jesus, becomes ours, and you, friends, you are temple of the Holy Spirit. You are all temples of God's Spirit. He resides in you. He's poured out His love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit. And, and that makes you and me as faithful, as virtuous, as kind, as loving as Jesus, in God's sight. You know, I, I have a, a friend who, um, when he and his wife adopted their daughter as a toddler, she, a couple years later, um, they heard a crash in their living room. And they went in and they found their really nice antique lamp laying on the floor, broken in pieces and they went to find Emma. And they went in Emma's room and she wasn't you know, visible to them, but they heard some sobbing from under the bed. And my friend, he, he bent down, he said, Emma, what's wrong? And between sobs, she said, I broke your lamp and I'm afraid that you won't want me anymore. And you know, it just broke his heart. But he looked at her and he said, sweetie, you got into our family through no act of your own. Nothing you did brought you into our family, and in the same way there is nothing you could ever do to get out of it. I love you, you're my daughter. Though she was adopted, she received the full love of her father, and that's you and me, friends, in Christ. That is what God has done for us. He has pursued us. It's what we were about to confess in, in the Nicene Creed in a few minutes. You know, it, it was for us and for our salvation that he became man. It was for you. It wasn't just for humanity at large. It was actually for you. Because he made you and he loves you and he calls you by name. In fact, he gives you another name. Your name isn't failure. Your name isn't popular. Your name isn't whatever imagery and messaging you've received. Your name is beloved. The beloved of God. He didn't spare his own son but gave him up for us all. It's rich and good news for you and me. And so God is bending under your bed and finding you in the ways that you're cowering from him and your shame and your fear and your trouble. And he's saying, there's nothing you could ever do to undo my love for you. I delight in you. That also can change the ways that we interact and look at each other, can't it? The person that you're in disagreement with is also God's beloved. Uh, people that feel like strangers or feel like they're, they're occupying a different social location than you, they too are God's beloved and it can actually encourage us to treat one another in a way that we recognize we've, we're receiving and we want to extend that to others. So this season, as 2016 has ended, and we start a new 2017, I want you to join me in resting in the faithful care of this one who has taken on flesh, who has become one of us permanently, and he ever lives to intercede for you and me. The holy name of Jesus Christ, whose name be praised forever. Amen.